Hi there, and welcome to this new episode of the Career Friday series on the Everything Accordion podcast. In this series, we talk everything about career development, not necessarily only for accordionists, but also for musicians in a broad sense. If you haven't yet done so, please follow the podcast by clicking on the follow button wherever you're listening to the podcast. If you find this content useful, share it with a friend who might need or want to hear this information. Also, let me know what you think about this episode, whether it was useful, whether you'd like me to put out more content like this on the future episodes of the Career Friday series. If you're listening on Spotify, you can also rate the podcast and let me know what you think about the podcast and about this episode, and you can also participate in the poll. Before I go on with the episode, I would like to remind you, listeners, that I am giving away my chat over a virtual coffee service on my website. Just go to my website, the link is in the description of the episode, choose the chat over virtual coffee, and use the code POD, P-O-D, at checkout to get the discount for the service. It's running until the end of the year. It's also interesting for me to hear from you, to talk to you, to get to know what you are struggling with, get to exchange experiences, information, and also get to know your listeners. I really like connecting with my audience and to get to know the real people who are following the podcast, who are supporting the podcast, instead of just sitting here with a microphone and my laptop. So yeah, without further ado, today we're going to talk about a rather thorny topic for most musicians, and it's about money. Quick disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor, and this is not financial advice. I'm just giving out the information that I think and I hope will be useful to my colleagues and to fellow musicians out there. For some reason, we are not taught about the business side of music when we are learning to become professionals, whether at music schools or at conservatories, or even among colleagues, we don't talk about these kinds of topics. And one of my goals as a curious musician, curious also about other aspects of our career and of what we do, is to liberate musicians from these kinds of stigmas and to actually empower musicians to talk more openly about these topics, about career development, about money, about having the chance of actually living the life dream. Because let's face it, I believe most of us didn't go into becoming professional musicians for the money, because there are easier ways to actually get more money. But since we are doing something that we believe in, and we are continuing on this path, it is also true that we musicians should be paid by the society for a service that we provide, for a connection that we provide with the beauty and with the arts. And as you well know, it's quite a tough job because it's not only about going on the stage for one hour, two hours, three hours, if we're playing some gigs like weddings or so on. It's also the preparation, the quality, the traveling, all of this 
needs to be taken into account. And, and it really pisses me off, quite honestly, when we're negotiating a fee with somebody who called us for an event, and when you say your price, then they answer with, oh, that's too much, your colleagues are playing for less. Even if it's true, why would you need to tell me that? Just say, sorry, we don't have the right budget for this fee. If they're willing to negotiate, you can ask them what's their budget. And if you can find a common ground, then yeah, go for it. But I'm digressing from the topic of this episode. Because this episode is actually about financial freedom for classical musicians. Because every single one of us would like to live a comfortable life where you don't need to worry about food, about paying your bills, about paying your rent, about actually buying something nice for you once in a while, about going on vacation. And for many of us, unfortunately, it seems like a distant or unrealizable dream. But for about a couple of years now, I've been interested in this topic on money, financial freedom, budgets, and so on. So I've been reading a lot, listening to a lot of podcasts, and thinking how can it actually be applied to our career choice. So I wrote a blog about it, and today I would like to explore what I wrote in that blog a bit more in depth, because I believe that the podcast can have further reach and can get also to musicians who have no idea who I am, who have no idea what I do, but that hopefully will find this information very valuable. If you'd like to read the blog post, the link is in the description of the episode. So if you prefer to read it rather than listen to my voice, just head there and read it and also let me know what you think in the comment section. The blog post is called 10 Steps Towards Financial Freedom for Classical Musicians. The first step is defining what your financial goals are and tracking your progress. In listening and reading over the past two years about this subject, I came to realize that financial freedom is something different for everyone. And unless you define what financial freedom is for you, how can you know that you actually got there? And the typical answers are, oh, I don't want to worry about paying my bills. Oh, I'd like to travel. Oh, I'd like to stop working and enjoy the money that I have. But I think that for musicians, it's more about feeling secure. Because as musicians, we are doing what we love hopefully, and that we didn't learn to hate it. And the idea of not being, of not working, of not needing to go on a stage. I don't know about you, but my financial goal is not to worry about my basic needs, my monthly recurring expenses, like rent, like food, like clothing, bills, and so on. But at the same time, for me, it's also about being able not to do projects which I don't want to, because I need the money, but focusing on the projects which I really believe in and that I really want to do. Knowing that if I see a book, I don't need to look at my bank account and ask myself, can I afford it or should I delay it? Maybe for you, the financial goal is to 
pay off your debts or save for retirement. Very hot topic for musicians. Maybe buy a house, maybe travel the world, maybe do a world concert tour. For each of us, financial freedom means something completely different. And as long as we find the answer for ourselves, instead of trying to reach the financial goals of other people who might we might see on social media or our relatives or our parents who tell us what financial freedom should be for us, we will always be worried and running around and not knowing what we're doing, actually. So yeah, the first step is define your financial goals. That way, you can also track your progress, see where you are, see where you need to go, and what you need to do on the way. The second step is diversify your income sources. I also have a blog post and a list with 17 income streams, if you'd like to read that as well on my blog. And diversifying income sources means finding as many paying opportunities as possible. We came out very recently from a very dark period, especially for us musicians, because the first things that got closed were theaters during the pandemic, orchestras, many freelance musicians that relied on their income as performers who are not teaching found themselves without the vital source of income their survival. This is one very important step as it can mitigate the risk of not having any money coming in at all. Some of the income streams that you can consider if you are a composer or if you like composing, you could write music and sell it on your website, for example. You could record music, you could also write music and license it for commercials or for TV series, for television in general. You can also record music from home and for a small fee, you can actually put it on, on all the digital platforms and stream the music. There's also crowdfunding or you can also sell merchandise. For example, if you go traveling on a tour or if you have your own brand that's quite well known, you could create some mugs, some keychains, t-shirts, pencils, I mean, the sky is the limit, right? And you can imagine everything and sell things that you think your fans and your listeners and your audience would want to buy. You could also write a book on how to practice or on a subject that you really know, and you can self-publish it with Amazon, for example. There are actually many, many opportunities. It takes work, of course, but it might be worth adding some of these income streams your regular income. You could also teach, for example, or invest. It doesn't really have to be something related to music. Maybe you have some other passions. Maybe you're a great cook and could do a course on cooking, for example. Or you have a passion for a particular subject. I don't know, origami, whatever. And you can create actually educational videos and transform that into an income stream. So yeah, try to think about that and diversify your income sources. The, the more diversified you are, the more secure and free you actually are. The third step is to manage your expenses and debt. When I was a student, nobody taught me this, and I would get a scholarship at the beginning of the month, and by the third week of the month, I actually had no idea where the money went. I just knew I had whatever, I think it was 500 euros at the time, 
um, my accommodation was being taken care of. But yeah, I would have this 500 euros and then at one point they were all gone and I would need to wait for another week until I got the next monthly scholarship. So I can say that I was financially unconscious when I was young. Now I keep different systems in place, something that took me a bit of time to perfect. I have some spreadsheets in which I track my expenses for food, for example, or I have a preview budget that I foresee for the next month and allocate a certain amount for the category there. And then I kind of don't feel bad if I am spending, let's say, 100 euros on Amazon for buying books because I know it's in my monthly budget and I can afford it. Not going back to looking, "Mm, should I buy it or should I wait for another month until the next paycheck from my job comes in. And again, it's your life, it's your situation, it's extremely personal, and you can decide on what you want to spend on, and maybe maybe you're going out too much, and you have no idea, because it's very common that people think, oh, I'm spent probably somewhere around $200 or 200 euros this month for going and grabbing some drinks with colleagues, with friends. And if you actually track it, it might be somewhere around 400, almost double. Not to say that you need to restrict yourself, but it's a step towards being financially conscious about what you're doing with your own income and with your own money. The next step is investing yourself and your career. Now, investing in yourself doesn't really need to be about money, but it has to do more with growth and knowledge. There's a phrase that a UK entrepreneur uses on his podcast, which I really like, and I'm going to use it here. The more you learn, the more you earn. So always try to educate yourself on the financial and business side of being a musician. If there's a course that you find interesting, enroll in it. You can also expand your network that way. You can get feedback. If there's a person that you see as a role model, ask them if they could mentor you. That's the fastest way of actually learning the skills that you really want. Read books, listen to podcasts, watch videos on YouTube, watch videos on TikTok, Instagram. There's a lot of educational material out there, but with social media, be very careful what you're looking at, because there's many people who are trying to sell you the dream of becoming rich very quickly without actually telling you what's behind that. So be very careful about the content that you're consuming on social media. Also something that we musicians don't really consider as investment into ourselves is our health, our eating habits while being on a tour. Many times we need to eat at some dodgy places. Many times we cannot actually control what we eat. So these are some of the things to keep in mind. Also being fit, being overall happy, you know, seeing friends, that's also an investment into ourselves. The next step is creating passive income. Now, passive income is not entirely passive in the sense that you need to actually do the active job, at least in the beginning. Now, some of the passive income that you might consider are royalties from maybe your recordings are on radios a lot, or maybe you have signed and have a CD with a label and they're collecting royalties for you. So that's something that you would likely need to explore. Maybe you live in a big house that has a spare room 
And if it's something that you are comfortable with, you could consider renting the room, for example. That way you can actually help yourself a bit out with the expenses. Then if you're investing into stocks, bonds, or crypto, for example, that could also be a passive income stream. But be very careful about that. If you don't know what you're doing, again, educate yourself on the subject before diving into it. You can also create passive income, for example, by creating digital products, such as ebooks or courses, in some cases also podcasts, or maybe an app. Maybe you had an idea for a really great app that solves a problem that your colleagues or you as a musician are facing, and maybe this app is the solution to that problem. Maybe people will happily buy it. Why not? And that's another passive income stream. The next step would be to build an emergency fund. Now, an emergency fund is something that you create for yourself to cover unexpected expenses, such as maybe medical bills, maybe loss of income. In my case, an emergency fund would have been very useful during the pandemic, and I think for most musicians. Unfortunately, I didn't have one of those. And you should aim towards three to six months of living expenses in your emergency fund. That way, if something happens to you, to your instrument, to your gig, that you were hoping to get that $1,000, 1,000 euros for that gig, for that month, and that just doesn't happen or, get, or gets canceled and you don't get paid, at least you will have a plan B and can take care of yourself. Now, building this emergency fund needs time. Don't feel like you need to rush and put a lot of money into it. It can also be allocating 100 euros or dollars every single month towards it. That way, in five years, you will have 6,000, for example. Even 50 euros or 50 dollars will get you to 600 euros per year. And when you have a problem, maybe you need something repaired for your instrument or your car breaks down or whatever happens, you will just have that money there. The next step would be to plan for retirement. Now, I know probably when you heard this, you started laughing or you think that this is some kind of bullshit. But retirement is a topic which we would need to consider, even though I believe most of us, until our bodies hold together, would like to be doing music and doing what we love most until the end of our lives. Certainly, I'm planning to do that, but I also have an instrument that weighs about 15 kilograms and, you know, there's some logistics involved there. And retirement can also mean that maybe you will stop teaching, but you will continue playing. What's your plan for then? Or maybe you will stop playing and go into teaching, or maybe you'll be writing books, or maybe you'll be recording. You know, there's many ways you can treat retirement for musicians. There are different options. Normally, if you're employed somewhere as a teacher or doing a job as an employee, I think mostly in Europe, you already have the company that pays you a salary, pay contributions towards your retirement. But there are also other ways that you can save up for retirement. You could invest a part of the money, but you can also open retirement accounts in your country and contribute monthly or contribute a maximum yearly amount. And that account will grow without you even thinking about it. And when you will retire, you can actually enjoy that money many times also tax-free. So educate yourself on this topic. The more 
cynical take on this would be musicians never retire. But I think that something that seems impossible can be made possible. I'm very optimistic about it. Another step would be educate yourself about money and finance. I started seeing money as a game, and actually, like all of the games, until you know what the game is, what the rules are, till you learn and observe and see and understand how it works, you will never be able to win the game. You could try, fail, try again, fail, but the problem is you could go trying and failing in circles doing the same thing over again, when maybe the direction is wrong. So yeah, try to educate yourself about money and finance. There's a lot of really good books. I also have another blog post with books you should consider getting yourselves or to your loved ones as Christmas presents. It's a blog I wrote last year. I believe it is still very actual right now. Book recommendations go. Yeah, invest your time into becoming financially literate as well. Because there are many ways you can actually make money work for you instead of you working for the money. Read blogs, read books, listen to podcasts, read magazines, go to workshops, go to webinars, consult with experts, mentors, somebody who you're looking up to and seeing that they're achieving what you would want to achieve. Ask them how they did it. Chances are they will be very happy to talk to you about their experience. I certainly would be. So if you'd like to book that chat over virtual coffee, you know, use the promo code and yeah, let's have a chat. There's also a lot of content about tax advantages that musicians simply don't know. For example, I am registered as a freelance musician in Austria. That way I can actually write invoices for my own concerts. And at the end of the year, declare that to the tax office. But there are actually a lot of advantages that come with that. If I have any expenses for, say, a train ticket, I can write it off as a business expense. If I'm paying for my own travel when going to a festival, as it happened, for example, in some cases last year, I can write it off as a business expense. Any books that I am buying regarding music, regarding career development, regarding managing myself, I can write it off. There are a lot of things that you can actually do freelance musician. Of course, it depends on the country. Of course, it depends on your on the legislation. But a lot of my colleagues with whom I talk are actually afraid of tax. And they say, no, I, you know, I'm not going to do maybe this gig because that way I'm already earning quite a lot with my teaching job and I don't want to pay extra taxes. And I mean, sure, but if you write it off as... No, you need a phone to create content for your marketing strategy, for your tour, for your social media, and so on. Because social media is also a job. It's also included in being a musician. You can write it off by a microphone, like I did for this podcast. I wrote it off as well as a professional expense, because I'm also using it for recording my own music, for doing my job. So yeah, there's a lot of details. And if you don't educate yourself on this subject, you will always kind of be afraid of not going over some imaginary limit that you put in your head. Maybe the limit is not even there. Again, Rob Moore's quote, the more you learn, the more you earn. And I completely agree with that. Another very important step, I think, and something that's quite difficult to find, 
in the broad musical world is surrounding yourself with positive and supportive people. Because there's something about being a musician that people look at you and kind of ask, yeah, but what's your real job? It's gotten better over the years, but it's still there. A couple of weeks ago, I've had a scout, a talent scout, call me from one television series for which I applied like five years ago, maybe. So it was very weird to get that call. And she was very energetic, she was very positive, and the, the first thing that she asked me was, oh, are you still playing the accordion, or did you get a job, or... And to that I replied, the accordion is my job. Even when I applied, that was my job. She was taken a little bit aback by that, but uh, yeah, I mean, the thing is that, you know, I believe most of us hear from our parents when we decide that we want to be musicians, one of the questions are, how are you going to earn a living for yourself? How are you going to take care of your expenses? Are you sure you want to do that? There's a lot of pessimism around that. And that pessimism translates also into our professional careers. And many musicians are simply very negative about this topic. And everyone is trying to kind of get the spotlight, everyone is trying to get their hands on exclusive information, on funds, on, you know, and I think if we were to help each other just a little bit more, each of us, it would be a much better environment, also from a financial standpoint. So yeah, surround yourself with positive and supportive people. It's not going to be easy, but chances are whenever you find a workshop or a webinar that you want to go, on a certain topic like this, you will find like-minded people and people who are trying to achieve what you're trying to achieve. And that's just amazing. You know, network with them, keep in touch, maybe even build an accountability group together that you follow up on each other's goals. And the last step, which is also very important, is to enjoy the journey and celebrate your achievements. Becoming financially free is a journey, in my opinion. Well, not only my opinion, but yeah, I, I believe that. Because once you achieved financial freedom, then you know, what's the next goal going to be? You're not going to stop working. Or maybe you will, but you will still feel the urge, in my opinion, to go out there, to do concerts, to teach, to, you know, create. Because it's a creative job. That's what we do. We create. And on that path, it's very important to celebrate your achievements because it might take time. And unless you celebrate your milestones and hitting those milestones, you might get actually lost on the way. It might take 10 years, 20 years, maybe even 30 years. Set milestones for yourselves and celebrate every single time you achieve that milestone because small wins amount to a big win in the end. Instead of thinking of a big win ahead, in the next 20 years, and actually losing sight of what you're doing now. So yeah, that's what I had for you for today, for this Career Friday episode. I hope you enjoyed this content. Feel free to share it on your social media. Also tag the podcast and tag me in the post. I will happily reshare it. Don't forget to answer to the question at the end of the episode, whether you liked it, what you liked about it, and also participate in the poll at the end and let me know what should be one of the next topics of the Career Friday series. I wish you a great weekend 
and I'm looking forward to seeing you in another episode.